Hi, everyone. Welcome to Nevermind the Gap. We are excited to be connected with everyone today. Happy New Year's. It's 2024. This is Season 2, Episode 5. And our topic today is setting annual goals to avoid gaps. I am Carmen Kadir, physician, scientist, healthcare and academic medical board certified coach and consultant. And I'm Lindsay Hanari, MBA consultant and ICF professional certified coach who focuses on performance and professional development for organizations and individuals. So Nevermind the Gap is the podcast that explores the gaps between where we are in life, where we think we should be, and the tools and techniques to bridge those gaps. And so in today's episode, we really want to explore setting annual goals to avoid gaps. Annual goals are very, very important. And I do think that everyone should explore doing this at the beginning of every calendar year. But specifically, we will be talking about how to set realistic versus aspirational goals, which is something that Lindsay always talks about that I really, really love, and goals that have both impact and chances for success. Right. And, you know, some of us, um, some of us, me, I shudder when I hear New Year's resolutions or, you know, things where it's this automatic reset. But I think the end of the year, end of the month, whatever it is, it's this closing out and a chance to reflect. And really, it's the chance to reflect. And I think what most of us tend to do is beat ourselves up about where we missed the mark. And we're not really looking at the actual progress because usually there is progress. There are little victories. And so how do we utilize the motivation rather than the punishment to drive us forward. I really do love that. Um, I think that, and I'm an example of that as well. You know, we start thinking about what we didn't quite achieve last year, but I think progress is achieving part of the goal. And goals are wonderful because it does provide us with that focus and direction. Um, It, does give us a benchmark for determining if we're succeeding or not. So I think that goals set that and strike that balance between like what you were just explaining, the motivational piece and the, and then achieving the goals. Last year, I just will dive into an example briefly. I, one of my goals was that I really wanted to read about one or two books a month. I am a big reader. I love to read books. I get lost in stories because it's someone else's story, Lindsay, it's not mine. (laughs) And so and I started realizing, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm really not reading, you know, a couple of books a month like I really would love to. And then I started thinking about, should I be joining a book club? Who in the neighborhood has a book club? Where can I find a book club? But the reality is I was still able to read more in 2023 versus 2022. I actually did read a book every other month, which is incredible. And it did contribute to my overall self-care. Um, so, you know, I can name the six books that I read. And I think that that's big progress from 2022. And so to your point, um, it's at least progress is, is a goal. And it's something that you should consider as you reaching a goal. Right. Because a lot of us, especially this time of year, whether it's dry January or eating healthier or exercising more after you know, just the largesse and richness of the holidays, you know, you, you 
slide off the wagon once and you think it's all a failure. No, for five days you were doing it and just get back up and keep going. So it's also, you know, part of a mindset, but um, Carmen, you know, I know you use a really simple, but effective, you know, sort of three, three big areas, areas, that's the wrong word, three big concepts for setting, refining, or brainstorming, refining, and setting your goal, choosing and setting your goals. Wow. That was really flubbed up, but I'm going (laughs) to let Carmen describe it. And then we're going to go a little bit more in depth into each of those. So I would encourage everyone to perhaps utilize this tool for this, the beginning part of January of 2024, if you can, within the next week or two. So almost like a little mini assignment (laughs) to our listeners, but you know, create space in your busy schedules. And that's the first thing you need to do is to create space. Take out space, even if it's a Saturday morning with your favorite cup of coffee, your favorite mug of tea, which is what I love to do. Find a quiet spot or a nice um, cozy coffee shop somewhere in your neighborhood where you think, you know, you won't be interrupted and then start brainstorming. So that's part one. Part one is to brainstorm goal ideas and then identify any of those ideas that could potentially be turned into goals. So sort of make a short list of what you're thinking about. It could be anything from big to small, um, anything to everything that you can think about. And write down a couple of things. The first is listing things that you would like to be, you would like to do, and you would like to have this next year. The second piece of part one is listing everything you don't want to be, you don't want to do, and you don't want to have. And the part why I say the don't is because I'm big on, in terms of when I'm coaching my clients, is to tell them that we have to delete in order to end. So what are some things that are not really serving us well anymore that we think really does not align with our goals, with our future vision, what we would like to accomplish for the year, and then remove that. And then start focusing on a list, brainstorming ideas of lists that you think you're more motivated. Um, It's more impactful in your life to accomplish these goals, whether it's personally or professionally. So again, making two separate lists of the things you want to be, do, and have, and those things you do not want to be, do not want to do, and do not want to have. So that's the first part. Um, I'm going to step in. I I follow an author named Tim Urban. He's quite, um, well, quite brilliantly insightful and funny. And he sent this out um, in New Year's. He said, a good litmus test. Ask yourself, would you want your child to marry someone just like you? <laughs> the answer is yes, except A, B, C, then A, B, and C are what you should work on. If the answer is no, then there's even more work to do. (laughs) I actually really love that. And it goes in line with who do you want to be? Who don't you want to be? What would you like to do? What do you not want to do? Um, I I actually really love that quote. Uh, And it is a very good litmus test. It is. I think it's a good way to reflect about your current baseline, who you are as a person. And what are just some things that maybe that you're carrying that is creating more of a load that's making you heavier and doesn't really make you light Um, and is keeping you from potentially achieving those professional goals. Right. And, you know, once you have a list, 
you know, don't, some people look at it and say, oh my God, this is so much, or I can never do it. Or maybe your negatives are bigger than your positives. Don't worry about it. It's just brainstorming and reflection. And that's half the battle because so few of us really take that dedicated time to pause and reflect. But once you have your list, what's the next step? So the next step is refining your idea. So working towards exciting goals. I mean, you really have to be excited towards these goals. So if you had to rank them on a scale of one to 10, which are the ones that reach close to 10 or if not a 10? And then those are the ones that you really should pick out of a list. And I would say, and Lindsay and I were talking about this before the recording, you know, anywhere from one to three is sufficient. So if you could pick maybe top three goals out of that list that you think you're really, really excited about, and on the excitement scale, it is closer to a 10 out of 10, um, then those are the ones that you should really try to focus on. Um, and, And again, you don't have to feel bad if you are tabling some of the other goals, because if there is opportunities for you to pick some of those up later on in the year, if there's time and space, you can do that as well. Yeah. And, you know, what's truly going to move the needle, right? Um, A lot of times we confuse urgent with important. And obviously there are urgent things in our life, um, work um, as a partner, as a parent, And at the same time, to help you sort through it, again, that top three, what's really going to move the needle, but also what's truly attainable? And think about your time frame. Think about, again, is this aspirational or is this realistic? And this will take us into the next phase, but I just want you to take pause and look at How aspirational is this? Like running a marathon and you've never run. Okay, maybe that's a three-year goal. But this Mm -hmm. year, I'm going to learn how to run five miles and not want to, you know, run to the other corner and hide under, like me. It's like, run five miles. But, (laughs) you know, running five miles is realistic. Running a marathon is aspirational. Now, that aspirational might be a year or two away, but what's that first step? So that's one way to help refine your goals. The other thing that I like to ask my clients when they come with goals, I say, well, what's within your locus of control versus what depends on others? In other words, what is something that you can do regardless of other people? Because, you know, we're looking at change. And there are two types of change. There's change that happens to us, the loss of a job, a promotion, the birth or death of a loved one, um, the weather, you know, what is outside of your locus of control? Okay. And are you trying to control external things? That usually tends to be aspirational versus realistic. Um, So then what is with truly within your locus of control? And that's what you focus on in terms of refining those goals and getting clarity. I love that a lot, the locus of control. Um, I also would even add in there, do you have any influence over it? So it may not be in your control, but is it within your sphere of influence, right? Is there something that you can do where you can gain some level of control around this? And it can be, again, um, a realistic 
goal in the near future versus in the distant future. The one last piece too that I would love to add there is what would achieving this goal do for you? So Mm -hmm. how will you feel? You know, are you going to feel different if you in fact achieve this goal? Um, What kind of impact is it going to play on you and as well as those around you in the workplace? Um, If you achieve this goal, is this going to be positively impacting your entire team, the organization, indirectly some, you know, key stakeholders, um, board members? I mean, so again, a lot of the decisions that we make around goals too, the impact would be really large and it could impact a lot of people within that sphere. So just wanted to add that part as well. Sure. And then I think the final element, because, you know, once you start setting the goals is, okay, if these are what I really want to achieve, you know, these two or three things over the course of the year, what's getting in the way? And again, that goes back to what's within your locus of control and what depends on others. But it also helps you take you from, say, 30,000 feet and 10,000 feet to ground level. What specifically is getting in the way? It could be personal resistance. You know, it could be, you know, really carving out the time and sticking to it and and creating ritual. Um, So really identify what's getting in the way. For me is, I don't feel like exercising in the morning. I'm tired. It takes me a while to get started. But if I don't get that in before 10 a.m. and I think I'm going to have the energy or the Mm -hmm. desire to do it later in the day, I end up going to bed going, oh, man, I missed the mark. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and do it again. And so it's really understanding is if I can overcome that initial resistance in the morning, then it'll by the way, (laughs) for most of us, of us. Right. Huge. I've never been the early, (laughs) early bird, wake up and and exercise. But I think that if you've done it before, to your point, right, it's just a matter of that habitual practice of getting into the routine and setting a specific schedule of just saying, you know, I've done this before and I can do it. Um, And I'm going to go, sorry, I'm going to use an example from, you know, our clients. So, You know, we're in Houston, uh, a lot of engineers, a lot of people who are very process oriented and also tend toward the introversion side or processors, right? So extroverts like me or Carmen, we're going to have ideas, we're going to jump in the conversation and, you know, processors need to take in the information and form an opinion and they form their opinion based on getting the information versus jumping in blindly like I do. And so they never get to voice their opinion in meetings. And sometimes that can show up as, oh, you know, maybe you're not, I hate the use to word aggressive, um, but you're not forceful enough with your ideas or you need to speak up more because when when you do, your ideas are worth 10x what everyone else Mm -hmm. is. So what's getting in the way? Maybe it's, I'm a processor and all of these extroverts are getting in the way of my processing and speaking. So that's really something that lets you work with how to speak up more in meetings or get my more buy-in for my ideas for the coming year. 
I love that example. I run into that as well in the <laughs> in the medical world, um, especially in healthcare systems and academic medical centers. There are those that collect the data up front, to your point, the processors, right? The data collectors. Let me just gather first. And then after I'm done gathering and I see where everything sits, then I can start speaking. Um, but so that could be a very major goal for all of our listeners is how to exert more of an executive presence or a leadership presence in the room. Um, And and that's really what that's called so that you're actually able to share on the upfront as you're still collecting data. Um, So the third step to this worksheet that I follow is actually, you know, again, called choosing and setting your goals. And I think it's really important to make sure your goals are very specific the example we were just talking about, I would like to share more and exert leadership executive presence in meetings. That's a very specific goal. Um, if the goal is more vague, for example, I would just like to talk more in meetings. Well, what meetings are we talking about? Or, or when are you talking about? So you have to be really specific about what the goal is. Um, the metric behind it is for, for some goals, it's really obvious. It's, you know, the action plan behind it. Are you doing it or are you working small pieces or elements towards that goal? I think hard deadlines is a big deal, Lindsay. So many people have soft deadlines to goals. You know, I would like to ideally get this done by um, June 3rd. Well, now let's really iron out when do you really would like to see this goal come to fruition? If, if it's June 30th, that's the hard deadline. There is no, we're going to push it back one week or we're going to push it back two weeks. It's, we really would like to try to stay as committed and focused to this deadline as much as possible. Right. And once you have a deadline, reverse engineer it. So let's use the exercise. I am, and just take it week by week, right? You chunk it down. That's <laughs> That's my very technical term, chunk it down okay, I want to make sure that if I can do this three days a week for the first month this week, I'm going to exercise in the morning three days a week. In the you know executive presence communicate more, it's maybe there's a weekly meeting. I may not be able to speak in everyone, but let me try and find something to add. Maybe if you know what the agenda is, pre-plan it. Maybe you meet with whoever runs the meeting and say, hey, I have great ideas. I'm just a processor. It's hard for me to be put on the spot or to overcome other people um, who are having a a really in-depth conversation. Would it be possible for you to recognize that this is happening and ask me for my opinion and I'm going to come in with some information. The work on my end is some planning on my part mm-hmm. where I have been able to prep and I can add my information. And you may not be every single meeting, but maybe the goal is twice a month if it's a weekly meeting. I really do love that. It goes back to my book reading, right? <laughs> I was not able to read um, one or two books a month, but I did read every other month. A very interesting story. So I agree. I, I mean, it doesn't have to be every single meeting, but you have to start somewhere. And by the way, I just said starting somewhere because it's like the individuals that all of a sudden say, I would like to run, you know, um, a 5K. Well, you have, from the couch to the 5K, there's so many apps, by the way, out there that takes you from the couch to a 5K. 
But the whole point of it is just getting you off the couch. So in this case, you know, you have to get yourself up and uplift yourself to getting started. That's that's a big deal is taking the first step. Yeah, uh, actually, it's it's physics, right? Overcoming inertia is the hardest thing. And once you're in motion, it's easier to keep something in motion. Right. And then, you know, a question that you should ask yourself, too, when you finally choose the goals, the specific goals is, you know, why bother? What is the outcome you're looking for? I mean, a lot of people have goals, but what is the actual outcome? Why do you want to do this goal? What are the benefits to you for doing this goal? So these are really important questions you have to ask yourself is, what is the actual outcome that you're looking for? And I think that sometimes people have goals, but they just would like to do it, but there's really not more specific details behind the motivation to wanting to do it. Um, I think, and I think we just talked about this to make it formal, to make sure once you pick the right goals that, that you have action steps with hard deadlines, you know, cut it up in pieces. If it's a big goal and a big project you're working on, if you're implementing some sort of initiative at the workplace, it's to do it in different parts. You know, you want to be able to have part one done uh, by the end of the first quarter. So by March 31st, you want the second part to be done by the end of the second quarter, which would be June 30th. And then identifying again, mapping out action steps. So identifying the details, what are the gaps that are there? What are the much needed resources that you need so that you hit those deadlines at the end of each quarter and you're, you, you know, you're being very disciplined within the process so that you can attain that benefit from that goal that you so much desire. But again, cutting it up in pieces helps a lot. Um, to Lindsay's point too, scale it up. You may throw yourself out there a couple of times a month. And then before you know it, it's every Friday meeting. So it's important. We, we don't go from zero to 100. It's important to, to work in small steps. And then the last piece to this that I think is really important is the commitment level. I mean, you really have to ask yourself, how is this aligned with your values? The more a goal aligns with your inner or core values, the easier it will be to achieve. And by that, I mean, if you want to be a specific type of leader and you want to be able to run meetings where everyone's getting to put their input when there's meetings. Um, so change your style on how you run meetings. That's my point. And be motivated to making that a goal where you open up the floor. You're not just at the front. You're not just showing the PowerPoint presentation, but you are allowing people to have a seat at the table and maybe to have like an open discussion at the beginning before you show the PowerPoint presentation at the end. So that's my point is to align it with whatever type of leadership values you have, whatever type of professional, personal values you have, because the more it aligns with that inner core value, the easier it does become for you, for you to achieve it. Yeah. I mean, an example I like to use is uh, weight loss. And what motivates someone to really get serious about weight loss? Um, maybe it's you want to be able to get on the floor or run around with your grandchildren. That's usually a big one, or your kids, right? So the value is to be there and to be present. And that's much greater than you know the resistance to beginning a weight loss journey. Um, for me personally, you know, a value, I want to be kind and I want to be clear. Mm -hmm. And the issue that I get into is my clear sometimes takes on a, a tone in my voice. 
that can be interpreted very negatively. As I'm trying to search for the words and force it out because my brain's not working and I'm trying to get that clarity. Wow, you heard my voice right there. If I'm talking to my daughter that way, and she said, gosh, it's so negative. What's wrong? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't my intent. So my commitment is to pause and say, be aware that as I'm trying to get the idea out, my voice can turn harsh. That's I, I actually do love that. Having self-awareness somewhere in the middle of executing your goals. What are some elements that you have to have self-awareness over? So that you can say, oh, wait, I'm actually doing this and, you know, that's not going to help me or, or that's not, you know, the direction I want to move into towards the goal. So self-awareness is huge. Um, so I, I love that example. And by the way, I've never heard you <laughs> have any type of like harsh voice come across at all. So I was actually pretty surprised by your example. You're, <laughs> not, thank you for you're sharing. not family, right? <laughs> <laughs> about it. And th this is for busy professionals, busy folks at home. My God, the, the yes. most busiest work that's unpaid. Um, cause I've been there too. Um, you just bark something out or you're, right. you're trying to, you know, sometimes I like to say my words have left me and I try mm -hmm. and force it out. And literally as I'm trying to pull those words from my brain, I'm constricted and it comes out constricted. And then right. my intent wasn't to be harsh, but the behavior is received as harsh. Right. Makes sense. It definitely makes sense. And I do think that a lot of our listeners, including myself, can resonate with that. Every day is a different day. And having self-awareness in general, right, is a big deal. So that, again, you're, if, if there is a goal that you have and you want to move positively in that direction towards that goal, you're able to have self-awareness, again, of the obstacles. What are some things that can get in your way and keep you from achieving that specific goal? I think the last piece to all of this too, Lindsay, which is a big deal for me at least because I still have kids at home, is your support system. I mean, who is your cheerleading team? That is a big deal. If it's about like weight loss, is it your personal trainer? For all of those that are in business energy um, and you know, the industry that, that Lindsay covers and all those individuals that are in healthcare and academic medical center, do you need a coach, a leadership executive coach? That's what we're here for. We're here to partner with you. Um, we do become your cheerleader. We are your um, accountability partner and we make sure that we get you from zero to 100. And again, it could also be a friend. It could be a family member, a work colleague. So I think it's important to identify Per goal, who is that person that you can go to when you feel like you're just not making it or you need additional resources or help um, or you feel like quitting your goal because it's just everything's just so overwhelming? So identifying those key players and how they can play a role in, in supporting you and making sure that you continue your commitment level is a big deal. Wow, I'm inspired. Well, I thought this was a great uh, podcast session because it is January 2024 and everyone always hits the ground running with all kinds of things they would like to do this year and every year. And I think it's important to do that. I really do. But taking some of these small tips from Lindsay and I, because we are um, professional coaches, uh, may be useful for all of our listeners on how to actually goal set the right way um, that could be sustainable and that could be something that 
you know, a lot of our listeners can actually achieve by the end of this year or somewhere, you know, during the year. Um, I think it was a great show and I'm very excited that we've been able to do our first podcast of many this year. Yes. And for those of you who want Carmen's uh, list or sheet of goal setting, um, you can find that in the show notes. And we always welcome your comments and feedback. So keep it coming. And here's to the next episode in 2024. Happy New Year's, everyone. Take care. Bye.